0: Of better practice better life go to actdental.com forward slash bpa or hit the link in the show notes yo 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 hey guys welcome back to another awesome edition of the best practices show podcast my name is kirk barrett where i'm gonna keep bringing you the best minds best teachers best dentists anywhere To present some great information to help you create a better practice and a better life. And I have a new friend, Dr. Kurt Ringhofer. And today you're going to see how sharp this guy is. He's part of an amazing study club with Dr. Jim McKee and those guys and Drew McDonald. And we talk about occlusion with your patient's growth and development. A new way to look at how to help them stay healthy. What a great episode. So make sure you check it out. I know you'll enjoy it. we'll see you soon. Hey, guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I'm so pumped you're here because I don't even know what I'm doing. And I just you don't even need to know what you're doing when you hang around with smart people. And so today you're going to see we're going to take a whole nother look at occlusion and growth and development. And how you can be a more valuable resource to your patients and seeing some things that they might, might not see or understand just yet with Dr. Kurt Ringhover. So Kurt, thanks for being here, buddy. I appreciate
1: it. Ah, thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited.
0: I you don't even know what you're excited for. So this is going to be great. <laughs> and in full disclosure, we just met like a few minutes ago and we were trying to figure out like okay, so Jim McKee put us together uh on this and now the dots are all connecting cuz Jim's just a great human being and you guys are up to some pretty cool stuff. And we're going to talk about that. I want to talk about your study club. So we'll hold people in suspense for that for a little bit. But uh Kurt, uh, give us a little bio. Like, who are you? Where do you practice? And a little background. So, tell us your story.
1: So, I uh, grew up in the south side of Chicago. Um, went to the high school in, in a Catholic all boys high school in Chicago and uh, now live in um, uh, Orland Park, which is a southwest suburb. Uh, started my practice from scratch back in 2000. Um, I don't know if I would do it that way again, because you open up your doors and you pray someone walks through them. And, but the neat thing about it was I was able to grow my practice the way I wanted to without having to overcome other hurdles. Yeah. And it's really been a cool evolution, um, from a financial statement part, I probably wouldn't do it that way again, but it's been really cool to, like I mentioned earlier, to grow it in a way that has evolved into a practice that focuses on restorative practice, restorative dentistry, TMD, and airway um, problems. And so I work at my practice three days a week and I go to a pulmonologist and I work there treating people with uh, airway disorders uh, once a week uh, under their medical umbrella at a pulmonology and sleep practice.
0: Okay, I'm definitely gonna ask you about that because I'm very curious about that, but I gotta start here. So if you guys are watching on video, you're a sports fan. You've you've got a signed jersey of Terry Bradshaw. Okay, come on, You, I get, am. you got to tell me the story on that. So so, uh,
1: long story short, I played quarterback in uh, high school, and okay. then I ended up playing safety in college. But my dad met Terry Bradshaw. He was in in sales, and he met Terry Bradshaw, and he went up to him and said, "My son plays quarterback." Blah blah blah, you know. And Terry Bradshaw actually sent that to my dad. And uh, as a gift to me, just from talking, so great guy. I mean, I mean I'm an embarrassed fan, but growing up, the Steelers were easy to like, you know, because I grew up in, I was born in the '72, so the Steelers what won four Super Bowls in the 70s. So yeah. he was always my, he was my guy. It's amazing. it's
0: amazing. So where'd you play college football, I gotta ask?
1: I played at North Dakota State for about a year.
0: You are a bison, huh? I,
1: I was, yeah. yeah. And then I transferred to Eastern Illinois. All right. And I finished my career there. Yeah.
0: Tony Romo, Eastern Illinois. Or no.
1: Yeah. he Yeah. Tony Romo, Granopolo. Yeah. Interesting, interesting thing about that was there was a week that Tony Romo and Granopolo both started in the NFL. So there was more starting quarterbacks from the little school of Eastern Illinois than any other college in the. in in, in the NCAA.
0: (laughs) That is so cool. That is, I mean, it's an amazing story, you know, so he was just recently here and uh, in Burlington and they, you know, they did a whole big thing for him and that he did it the weekend that he did the Packer game. So it was so cool to hear his story. And uh, he was still upset about a game his senior year. It was just, it was really fun. So it's (laughs) awesome.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. he actually got in the NFL because of Sean Payton, played at Eastern Illinois, wow. and he got he was just an invited walk-on for the the Cowboys. And look what happened! He look made at that! Something out of nothing. Yep.
0: You never know where it's going to go, and it's such a nope. cool story. That's awesome, awesome, awesome. So. All right, so let's talk about this because I, I know this is going to be fat, you know, fascinating. Now, you have been, you've had some great education. You know, McKee's probably he's put you in a headlock and dragged you all over the country to <laughs> take all these great courses. So you've probably seen too much and you can't unsee this stuff when you start to see it. You've done a, a table clinic and you've been a part of the American Academy of Restorative Dentistry, which we talked about a little bit. But um, tell us why this topic is so important when you're talking about growth and development and occlusion, what's what's like your your burning purpose in this? I always like to talk about the why before how.
1: Well, I think the why is, if we set people up for success in any aspect of life, we're setting them up in a way that they can grow. And it's no different in growth and development, and if we notice that there's a growth defect, whether it's at the maxillary level or the mandibular level, well, we're setting them up to grow properly. And when we set them up to grow properly, it's going to affect the airway. And we all have heard the stories from, you know, Jeff Rouse and, you know, the airway seems to be the sexy topic nowadays and the effects it can have on not only development of kids, but as we get older, there's more diabetes and heart disease. You know, I just read an article not too long ago that, you know, if the highest incident of airway disordered sleep is from about three to eight years old. Well, that's when the brain's developing. Right. And if we're suffocating the brain of oxygen, it's not able to develop as well. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do on the exoskeleton, which I learned from Mark Piper that if we can grow the exoskeleton, now we don't encroach on the airway and kids can sleep better.
0: Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Now, I think we could all say this topic, isn't going away. right? (laughs) I mean, it's here to stay. And I'll just say this to anybody that's listening as a dentist, I mean, we're at the forefront of being able to help people be healthy. We see too much, we know too much. And so if you're a dentist, everything, oh, I just do crowns and nobody really wants what I have to offer, I would beg to differ. It depends on how you see yourself in this role. And so how is your, I have to ask, like, how has your practice evolved? So obviously you're talking about a different population of patients, you know, in some cases. So how did that work for you?
1: You know, I would say the office is predominantly your bread and butter type of practice. So we're doing single crowns, we're doing fillings, we're doing things like that. But as I've been hanging around with, you know, Jim McKee and Mark Piper, you know, it's evolved into a practice where that I really never thought it would happen is I'm getting referrals for for people for temporomandibular joint disorders. Mm. I mean, orthodontists are sending them to me before for growth. And it's the class two patient that is most concerning because that's where the mandible needs to grow. And essentially what we're doing is we're getting images to find out if there's a structurally intact temporomandibular joint where the condyle disc, the fossa assembly is in the correct position because that's going to stimulate growth.
0: Yeah. And can you talk like it's anyone's you've got all these airway camps now and I'm not I'm certainly not the expert, but we're seeing things differently now. Like, why is it so different? Is it that we're more aware of it? Some people like credit the breastfeeding thing has gone away. So you don't have the proper development. Like there's a lot of thought processes in why uh, human beings aren't forming the way they should in order to breathe. You you know, what are your thoughts when, when people start engaging in that conversation, it can go in any direction, of course.
1: And and it's almost like politics, right? You almost want to stay away from it. Yeah. (laughs) People draw a hard line in the sand. And and I guess to start, I, I, I think there's something to all of it. Right. You know, I don't think it matters if what came first, the chicken or the egg is we need to address the issues that are at hand. Right. And so, you know, when they talk about suckling and things like that, you know, is there something to it, but you see a lot of patients like myself where I have a huge arch form and and now maybe I'm an outlier, but I was bottle fed and I don't have any of the issues that they talk about people that aren't breastfeeding. Right. You know, so is that things that happen is evolution part of it and are we just evolving and that's just what's happening now as we evolve, we do, we are more retronathic if you look at evolution in time. So the oral cavity, if you think of it as a box, we can't fit as much stuff in there, which is the tongue, the tonsils, all those things. But to get back to your question, you know, where do I stand on that? I think a lot has to do with the growth of the mandible Mm -hmm. and you know, what we've been able to do. And when I say we, you know, what we've learned from dr piper and and dr mckee is that we have imaging to back up when there's lack of growth at the joint level you have less projection of the mandible which then gives you a, a, a smaller airway size yeah and so if you can back that up with actual science and facts it's hard to dispute that but you know i think maybe then the dominoes start to fall You know, if you have a smaller mandible, the tongue is encroaching on the, on the airway. So now you become an open mouth posture, which causes a narrow maxilla because the tongue's not occupying the mouth and advancing the premaxilla and widening the maxilla. So what came first, quite frankly, I don't really care. I think we need to diagnose it all and then treat it as necessary.
0: Yeah, because I, I, I totally agree. And I think one thing we probably could all agree on is that 35 years of treatment planning has been turned on its head now where I think everybody's kind of in the same place. Like we can do all of this. It's beautiful. But if they can't breathe, what have we done? <laughs> right. You know, and so I think it's it's just adding one more pillar to the diagnosis, you know, in our process to make sure that we check that box, correct?
1: And j- yeah. And Jeff Rouse wrote an article on the Bruxism triad, you know, and people with airway disordered sleep, you know, are going to grind their teeth more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always saw those kids with all that wear on their teeth. And, you know, I thought it was occlusion, you know, going through the Dawson Academy, you thought, oh, okay, the teeth don't match up. They're not in centric relation. Well, you know, what Dr. Rouse really credit him to bringing that to the forefront is showed that, no, that could be an airway issue. And we need to look past the second molars and are there tonsils enlarged tonsils and adenoids and things that are inhibiting the the children from sleeping well
0: yeah and so you talked about the dominoes Not only did you talk about the biologic components, but then you've got the other concerns that happen way farther down the dominoes where, you know, in this country, kids are being prescribed, you know, ADHD medications at record rates without any diagnosis other than he or she is not focusing in school without asking any more questions. So I think we're on the, I mean, it's a big conversation. It's an important one, you know, and when kids can't breathe at night, you know, and they don't have the boundaries or the abilities to, it has huge unintended circumstances long-term.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the, the, the most famous or most popular thing you you ever read the article finding Connor Deegan. No, tell me. So it's, it's about a kid. He grew up in Chicago and his mom just wouldn't accept the fact to your point that he had ADHD. Um, You know, when he would, he making a long story short, when he would test, he was testing cognitively gifted, but they kept saying he had ADHD and it turned out he had an airway problem. Mm. And they went through and they expanded his arches, um, you know, took his tonsils and adenoids out and the mom was just adamant. And now he's an A and B student. Wow. And he didn't doesn't have the stigmatism of being having attention deficit disorder to your point of how people are underdiagnosed. And I think it's, you know, it's talking to some of the physicians at that pulmonology group I work at, you know, their, their hands are tied because it's all, they have about 15 minutes to talk to each patient, you know, in dentistry, we're lucky, you know, I have a fee for service practice, so I can sit and talk to patients as long as I need to, to get that diagnosis and find out their history. And, you know, when I'm evaluating someone for growth or temporomandibular joint disorders, the first thing I'm, or any new patient for that matter, the first thing I'm doing is sitting in my consultation room to find out what they want. And then we go into the treatment room, we take a look because you can almost get as much, if not more information by talking to the person rather than just looking in their mouth.
0: 100%. Now I got I want to ask you to go back to that. I've interviewed a lot of people. I don't often hear, yeah, I'm at a, I work in a pulmonologist's office one day a week. Can you tell us about the evolution of that? When did it start? What, you know, how, how has that developed? Where are you at with that now?
1: So I started, I went through Dr. Rouse's courses and, in and we actually, Jim, we have a local study here that Jim runs, Jim McKee runs. And we had Jeff Rouse and Jim Metz come up and talk to our group for two days. And we, Jim and I were sitting there next to each other, and we noticed that the patients that we were seeing to, for lack of growth at the temporomandibular joint level were the same patients that they were showing had airway problems. So we started looking at each other, and it just made sense that we start evaluating airway with the temporomandibular joint. So I started kind of reading literature on it and taking CE and doing all these things. And then it almost fell into my lap because what I was finding was treating airway in the dental office was becoming difficult because of, you know, Medicare and all those medical insurance qualifications you have to meet. So I kind of stumbled upon this group that was looking for a dentist that can work under their medical umbrella. So it's really been a neat relationship because I can walk across the hall and ask them questions from the medical. I'm reading, I'm actually looking at the medical charts, you know, reading the polysomnograms, the sleep studies, and looking at different aspects of things and, and I'm treating the patients that can't use the CPAP or they want an oral appliance.
0: Yeah. That is so cool. How long have you been doing that? Six Six years, six, seven years now. Yeah. Okay. Awesome.
1: It's, 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 uh, it's interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I know you're a passionate teacher because you're with those guys. And as you, you know, go out and teach this, what do most people get wrong about the growth and development and occlusion part of this?
1: You know, I, you know, one of the things that you'll hear, you know, when you're sending a young kid to an orthodontist and they have that class two bite, or the, the discrepancy between the upper and lower jaw is you hear a lot of reasons why, you know, and, and my favorite one is, Oh, they got the upper jaw of the father and the lower jaw of the mom. Oh my. And you know, and it's like, no, this is a growth deficient deficiency. Um, and when you get the images, they have an anterior displaced disc, which disrupts the growth center sitting on top of the condyle. So then you can't get that projection of the mandible. Because when we think about growth, the maxilla is gonna grow first and then the mandible follows. And Dr. Piper talked about the first molars and he called them the first permanent molars, which are the smart molars. And if we all visualize what happens is as the maxilla is growing, the mesial inclines of the max maxillary first molar interdigitate with the distal inclines of the lower kind of causing distraction osteogenesis of the condyles. I think of it like nature's Herbst appliance, it's causing the mandible to come forward. But if we lose the ability for the condyle to grow, what happens is then it can can if you clinch the teeth together, it can hold the maxilla back from growing as well. So that really doesn't ever hold true because I'll I'll be at meetings and orthodontists get a little uncomfortable because they're like, well, some kids grow and some kids don't and we just got to try and I'm like, No, we don't have to try we can image and find out where the disc is. Right. The other part that you hear is sometimes it's, you know, they have an anterior tongue thrust. Well, the question becomes was the tongue there that caused the bite to open or were they pushing their tongue forward because their airway was constricted. So they just had an open mouth posture where the tongue didn't occupy the roof of the mouth. So now we can't, like we talked about earlier, advance the pre-maxilla and expand the arch. Right. So I think that's where people get confused. And, you know, what's hard is, you know, we've gone through all these advanced occlusion courses, you know, your Dawson's and, and it it was the Bible. Right. I mean, Pete is God, mm-hmm. you know, um, and in dentistry anyways. And it's just it it's a different way of thinking. And, and I truly believe that, you know, Pete would probably with imaging, he didn't have the, the value of imaging at the time. When he was looking at things. And one thing I heard Pete say when he was speaking one time, he goes, if you're going to quote me, quote me on when I said it, because things are going to change and and I'm going to be proven wrong if I said something 10 years ago. And I love that line because it's it's 100 percent true. What we're talking about today could be wrong tomorrow for all we know.
0: Yeah. I heard him say that probably five to six times. And then he would say, he'd say it in different ways. And one time he said, Uh if you're going to quote me, date me. I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean by that? And he's like, oh, oh I know what you're saying. He's like, <laughs> and I think it's a really good, it's a really good mindset. Even Uchi Odiatu is one of my favorite on nutrition. He's like, listen, Kirk, this is just what we know today. We're going to laugh about what we used to subscribe to way back in 2022, when we read the journals and all this other stuff. And he says, you just got to give yourself a little grace. It's what we know. We got to stay in the journey of, of keep, you know, keep learning, you know? So I think it's pretty cool what you guys are up to. And so when you guys get together and teach, I want to know this. So you're so passionate. Like, it's not like you've got all this free time. You're like, wow, you know, I got this practice. I just feel like starting a study <laughs> club. because yeah, I got I, 10-year-old twin daughters. <laughs> oh, so you, you're you right in the thick of it. Like, you, you're a busy guy. So when you guys started yeah, this, a- what? I said, we got a late start. I'm
1: 50 and I got 10 year olds, so I'm going to be working for a long time.
0: Don't worry about it. The the cool thing about daughters is they're going to take good care of you. It's awesome. You know, so at least one of them, I got a chance, right? There you go. There you go. There you go. So when you guys started the study club, what was your vision? What was the why behind it? You know, um, as you started to do this? Well,
1: I think, you know, really the why was what we've kind of learned from Dr. Piper. You know, um, there was a study club that I was involved with, with him and, 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 it was the mandible kind of gets ignored. And there was so much out there that the temporomandibular joint is really a growth center that helps everything else kind of develop. And it gets, it's kind of, it, it, it's like the redheaded stepchild, if you will. You know, it just, Nobody wants to talk about it because, you know, we got implant dentistry, we got aesthetics and now airway seems to be the one. But there's so many people that are affected by temporomandibular joint disorders Mm -hmm. and whether it's from pain. And those are the easy ones, but it's the occlusal discrepancies that make it the most difficult. You know, the vast majority of class two patients have some type of growth deficiency at the joint level because their mandible didn't project. And when you think back to the most difficult cases, it's the ones where the upper and lower teeth don't match together. Right, They don't line up correctly. And that's the ones where we can't develop an occlusal relationship. You know, we think of occlusion as the static relationship between the upper and lower teeth, but it's the dynamic relationship that really gives us difficulty. You know, we can get the patient to grind right and left and get everything adjusted perfectly. And as soon as they start chewing, you get that elliptical movement and things start to go haywire. And it's the ones that go haywire, the class twos. And if we can diagnose those patients ahead of time, whether they accept treatment to correct it or manage it, whatever they do, they're taking ownership of it. And it's not the dentistry I gave them, it's their skeletal relationship, it's their condition of their body. So they're assuming the risks with us and we're not writing checks back because of things, dentistry that didn't work.
0: Yeah. You guys aren't fixing teeth. You're changing lives, which is awesome. And so (laughs) I do want to speak to this too, because Jim's been a great mentor of mine and drew McDonald and all like, it's pretty cool because when you're out there, you know, what Jim does, I even joke, I'm like, you're not even like, I've looked you up on the internet. I can't find you anywhere. And you're crazy busy. And like, everyone's (laughs) like, no TMJ patients. Those are the nuts patients. And you don't want to do that. And Jim's like, no, you're no, I just, what Jim has helped me do is dispel the whole myth around that. They are patients that you can help that you've got to be fully invested in like the whole process. And You know, one of the myths that dentists tell them says, well, my practice will dry up if I, you know, go in that direction, or I don't know. And Jim's crazy busy. Can you speak to that? Like, uh, you know?
1: I I mean, Jim and I practice a half hour from each other, and we are both busy. Mm -hmm. There is more of this out there than people, and they seek you out. I never in a million years thought I would have a practice that dentists are referring to me. And at first, it was a little uncomfortable because I didn't know what to do after I diagnosed them. But, you know, to speak to the point that these patients are crazy, they're not crazy. They just right. don't know where to go. Right. And they've never gotten an answer because what did we learn in dental school? Give them a splint and hopefully they got better. Yeah. But we were just hoping where now we can understand what the anatomy is. Is it structurally intact? Is it structurally altered? Is there an anterior displaced disc? Is there inflammation in the joint? you know, all the different aspects that we would do for dentistry, no different than periodontal disease, right? We right. need to figure out why is there a gingival inflammation? Cause it can come from, you know, plaque and calculus. It can come from, you know, a poor restoration. Yeah, We need to figure out the why before we can figure out the how, and then the patient needs to accept the risk with us. And, it, and that's really where I think people seek us out. And I mean, there's really little advertising you know, word gets out from other dentists and they don't want to treat these patients Mm -hmm. because for one, they, they thought they were crazy. And I can't tell you how many times people walk in and you go through things and they're like, Oh my God, thank you so much. I was really Mm -hmm. beginning to think I was crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's anyone's guess where this is going to go, but like, tell us what we can expect to learn about this in the next couple of years. What do you think is going to happen? You know, I always like to step into the future a little bit.
1: Well, I think you really got to credit, you know, Dr. Piper for kind of developing a lot of these concepts, but Dr. McKee really took that ball and really started to bring it to the restorative world. You know, Dr. Piper probably his his greatest contribution to dentistry is going to be occlusion because of how growth and development here, but he's a surgeon And you've met Jim. Jim is just that personality. I always say Jim's never met a stranger, No, right? He can sit next to someone and be like, he knew him for a hundred years. Yep. And he's taken that and just kind of created a snowball effect. And, And, you know, what our goal is for the study club is, is to spread the word. You know, we got dentists from around the country, a couple from Canada, and we want them to take this message back and start their own study clubs and start talking about it and and develop practices where we can create an awareness that it's no different than if someone has some type of lesion in their mouth, we want to get that checked out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the study club and kind of the details, but you know, any last thoughts you have just on growth and development and inclusion, you know, just to kind of get our thinking right.
1: I think the, the most important thing is if you have a class two patient that is evaluated in the seated condylar position, so not MIP, you know, by manual leaf gauge, however you're gonna, to anterior to programmer, how, whatever camp you came from, and however you're going to get that patient to centric relation or what we'll call the fully seated condylar position, evaluate the anterior teeth. And if you have greater than a two millimeter discrepancy in the horizontal or vertical dimension or midline discrepancy, those are the patients that we need to start to think there's a loss of dimension or a lack of growth at the joint level. And we need to evaluate that because especially in the growing kids, if they can't grow, they can't, you know, we're setting them up for failure. And that's a concept that Dr. Piper taught me called the rule of twos. And where it came from was the disc thickness is two millimeters. So if you have a two millimeter anterior open bite at any of those three dimensions, that could be you know, an issue of a, a disc displacement.
0: Yeah. Very cool. I'm very cool. I just, can't, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. And I, I'm actually going to sneak into your study club, whether Jim, you should, that'd hear, be great. We'd I'm love going to have to you. A, I don't, I'm just going to show up, you know, so that'd uh, be
1: perfect. Just yeah. let me know. I won't tell anyone.
0: There you go. So <laughs> give us the format. Like how, what's the format? Where do you guys meet? Is it quarterly? Is it like, how do you do this?
1: So we meet twice a year. Okay. Um, usually in the spring and the fall, like we had a meeting just uh, last Thursday and Friday. It's two days. And the format really is, we meet in Chicago area, actually Oak Brook, Illinois. And the format really is dictated by the study club members. We, you know, we're going to obviously, uh, myself, Jim, Drew, and uh, Dennis Seth Atkins from Texas, um, are really kind of going in the direction that the study club group wants to go. Now the focus is on occlusion and TMD. And then once a year we have an outside speaker come in. Our first speaker is going to be Bill Robbins, who's an awesome teacher. Uh, And he comes in for a day. And then we also have four online sessions uh, a year, two in between each meeting. Awesome. And the idea is it's not a course, it's a study club. So people sign up for the year. They come to two. We want them to sign up again. And right now we have, I think, almost 40 members. And it's it's just been it's it's just a lot of fun. You know, the difficult part is, you know, between Jim, Drew, Seth and I, we plan all this stuff to get out and we get through about a quarter of it because it starts going off in different directions. And that's awesome. So we have this catalog of things we presentations that we can give, you know, for years to come.
0: Yeah. It's so cool. And it's so cool to see how fast that thing is growing. And I have no doubt you're going to be like, we're sold out no more, you know, type of thing. <laughs> so if I'm a dentist listening and I want to just reach out to you and get involved, how do I do that?
1: Well, you can, you can email me at uh Kurt C U R T at dot com. Uh, my office phone number is 708-349-0022. Uh, anytime you have any questions, just reference this so, you know, I know who you are and and I'd be more than happy to sit down and, you know, and talk about cases or do anything that uh, can help, you know, spread the word. Yeah. Uh, I really am passionate about, you know, the growth and development and the effect that the temporomandibular joint has on it.
0: Yeah. Kurt, thank you so much for being here, buddy. I really, really appreciate it, especially on a Friday afternoon, you know, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to encourage you guys as you're listening, uh, if you're not taking notes, don't worry. We're taking notes for you. So Kurt's email address, if you want to just flip up to the notes, you're going to see it right there. You can click right on it. It'll generate an email directly to him. And uh, you can check out his study club. And and uh, I have no doubt you'll absolutely love it. So awesome, awesome. Well, thanks again, Kurt. Appreciate it. Stick around when we say goodbye to everybody else, if you would. But uh, thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show do us a favor, check their study club out. Those guys are great human beings and I have no doubt it's going to blow your mind and you're going to love
1: it. It's, it's the Chicago study is the website for the study club. Chicago okay, we Study
0: Club. we got to talk about the name, you know, like okay, is it is <laughs> what happens, uh, you know? Come on, there's there's people from Wisconsin that are coming to that. I don't know, you know, the whole. T- <laughs> I mean, we love visiting, but you know, the whole thing is uh, I don't know. We that'll be a whole nother show, the Chicago Green Bay thing. So, um,
1: yeah, well, God, you know, we can't, we don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to Green Bay. Well, <laughs> I don't
0: think. We don't, eat, we don't either this year. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this all ends up. But um, cool. So we'll put that link in there too. You guys can check it out. Um, but thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed today, just do us a favor. Hit the share button. Share this with your friends. Keep sending us suggestions for things that you guys want to see. And until we see you guys next time, or you hear from us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day.